You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's a member of our team with this week's message. Well, let's see, what was it? Chandler, wasn't it me and you? We went hunting the last day of the season. And, and, and uh, you know, we were out there and, you know, Chandler hadn't shot a deer ever. Anyway, while we were hunting, he looked out and across the, 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 the feeding ground, you know, of where we had some collard greens and stuff set out, there was a deer, a 16-point deer. It's massive. It's bullwinkle, right? And, and, and it's just massive. It probably weighed like 300 pounds. It's like 300 and something Croc, Boone and Crockett points, if y'all know what that is, okay? This is a deer, okay? But his right eye was all matted up. And I said, oh, man, you see that? His right eye. Chandler says, I don't care. This is a lifetime. This is, I, I'll never see another deer this big in my life. And so I says, I don't know. We should. He says, I'm going to do it. So he leveled his 30 naught 6 You know, he's got it down. He's got it in a scope, and he's just pulling the trigger. When he did, I bumped his rifle up. Well, he missed, and the deer ran off. He says, Kurt, why did you do that? And I said, I couldn't let you do it. It was a bad idea. <laughs> <coughs> okay. I got that out of the way. Okay. All right. Well, I want to talk to you this morning about the theory of relativity. Anybody heard of Albert Einstein? He's a pretty smart guy. He passed away back in what early 60s, I guess, somewhere around there. One of the smartest men ever. He's a physicist. Anybody? He said there's things about Earth and the world we don't know about. And it tickles me because most of all the scientists, they talk about the Big Bang. They talk about how many galaxies and all this stuff. And they say, well, do you know for certain? And they say, well, we don't know, you know. We, we think, you know. You know, but the Bible tells me things I can know, okay? But what I like about his theory of relativity, it has to do basically with how all things relate together with each other, and he, he's put it gravitationally, okay? So that's the end of the physics lesson because I'm no physics teacher, okay? The idea behind it is there's a gravity that pulls on almost everything, and did you know that a Snickers candy bar has a gravitational pull? <laughs> I'm talking. It, it'll get you. Reese's Cups, Vienna sausage are the strongest Vienna, the strongest pull ever. Okay, you put peanut butter on a Vienna sausage, there is no greater strength in the world. Now God, but not in the world. Okay, but the idea behind it, everything has a pull. And what God is trying to show us that sometimes we need to be careful because we can be pulled by things that are not godly. Okay. And, and that's the challenge in the Christian community today. You know, we're called to be different. Did y'all know that? that? We're supposed to be the most peculiar bunch on the planet. Uh, the Greek would call us a, a gathering of ecclesia. And, and you know what that is? That's two words. Greeks always like to combine suffix and prefix, okay? But ek, E-K, means out of, and klesia means called. And so you know what that tells us we are? We're what? Called out of the world for a purpose. To be taught, trained, equipped, and sent back out. And if we're not careful, what we'll do, we'll send them back out with a gravitational pull that says, well, how about the ball game? How about, how about fishing? How about hunting? And things like that. But what happens if we go out with a pull of Jesus Christ and it affects others? See, it's the theory of relativity. Everything is relative to how much pull you have or it has, okay? So we've noticed that this theory of relativity is not only true in most everyone, but especially too in Christians. And the best I can do is explain it this way. So we'll, we'll try to use Scripture, okay? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus 20, 
verses 18 through 22, and we're going to talk about a theory of relativity, okay? And, and basically, the subtitle is, How Close Do You Want to Be? Theory of relativity, how close do you want to be? Verse 18 reads, when the people saw, this is Israel, Israelites, okay? We're going to talk, talk about them in a minute. But when the Israelites saw the thunder and the lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear. They stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Wow, that, uh uh close enough. You, did you hear that? That's what they said, right? Close enough. Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell the Israelites this, you have seen for yourselves that I have spoken to you from heaven. All right, so if to preface this, what's happened? The Israelites have just come out of bondage. Do you remember how long the bondage was? It's hard sometimes you may not know, but 400 years of bondage. Israel has fallen, and they're in disarray, and they're in, they're cap they're in captivity in Egypt. Man, they're making bricks and pyramids, right? They're, they're, they're in captivity. So they've just come out of 400 years of bondage. And then in Egypt, God showed up in a miraculous way, sent Moses in, and there was 10 things happened in Egypt. Do you all remember what 10 things were? What were they called? miracles the plagues do you remember that and who, who was responsible for that well god did it didn't he so god's on the scene god's helping them out after 400 years and then we've got the not only did they overthrow pharaoh but his old army got drowned where red sea y'all remember that okay so then that happened and then once they crossed the red sea that was you know it was wet killed people now it's dry and they cross over miraculous to say the least and so then after that they get over into the desert and then there was something about provision. What kind of provision? Well, first off, you remember they were kind of thirsty, right? So what does Moses do? God tells Moses to speak to the rock, but what does he do? He strikes the rock, but still water came out. Well, wow, they got water. And then not only that, then they had this crazy stuff to eat. What was that? Manna. And they had manna. This is going on for 40 years, guys. They're eating and drinking because God provides a miracle. And then something unique, they're wandering around 40 years, and there wasn't a, a, a Clark's, there wasn't a Sears, there wasn't a Kmart or a Walmart, and yet they still had shoes, right? So the miracle to me was that they had shoes for 40 years, walking in the desert. And not only that, their clothes, they, they didn't have a place to buy those. But God miraculously supplied all these things over 40 years after 400 years of, 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 of being caught up and, and entombed in, in somebody else's power. But God made it possible. And the only way you can say all that is God is miraculous, right? So if you experienced all that, and here you are, and Moses has gone up to the top, and, and, and God is speaking, and Moses said, come on, let's talk. And they said, nope, we're not. We aren't going up there. Uh-uh, it's close enough. You go. We'll stay here. Because they were afraid, Right? We're going to talk about what people fear, and sometimes it might, it, it might surprise you, but we're going to talk about that, okay? So how do you think God felt toward his people when they said, ah, that's close enough, don't need you to get any closer? What do you think God thought? And, and what do you think he responds to us when we say the same thing? You know, what happens to God speaking and you say, I don't know, you know, I, 
I can't go up to, for prayer. I, people might see and think I got a problem. <laughs> Golly, you know, and that's all. And, and, and you know, the, but the thing about it is, that's what happens. We we get on this fearful basis, and and we don't respond. And so, how does God respond to us when we say, "Oh, close enough, God." You know, I was talking to a friend the other day, and we were talking about, he says, I don't want to be around a bunch of fanatics. And we kind of figured out what a fanatic was. Anybody know what a fanatic is? It's somebody that loves God a little bit more than you do. Yeah. You're, you know any of those? There's a couple I've been here, I know for a fact. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing about it is, God wants us to go a little bit further, a little bit closer, a little deeper. But the Israelites didn't want to do it because they were afraid. They had fear. Well, were they afraid of God? Well, let's think about it. Was, he, was God mean? Uh, well, uh, let's see. What, what else could we ask? Uh, was he uh, short-tempered? Did, uh, did he do evil things? Answer is no. None of those things. But yet they still said they were afraid. God had done nothing to promote fear other than being God. To the contrary, he's doing everything he can to draw his people to him. And what was their reply? That's close enough. That's close enough. You know, uh, Relativity has got another word. It's called proximity. Anybody heard? I love those big words, don't you? Relativity, proximity, gymnasium, mayonnaise, anything that's got nine letters. Yeah? Man, people think you're really smart. You throw that. If you're in a conversation, somebody say gymnasium, proximity, mayonnaise. Wow, a guy's a genius, right? No, proximity has something to do with how close we are to whatever's around us. You know, I'm in proximity to you guys, but I'm like 15 foot away or 20 foot away from, you know, 30 foot away or 40 foot away. That's proximity. What God is saying in the theory of relativity is how close can you get to be affected by the source? Okay. When it comes to God, we say, close enough. And then I had a revelation here a few days ago. It might have been a week or so. And, and a revelation is a unique thing. It's the last book in our Bible. But, you know, it's got a title, Revelation, right? Revelation is unique. It's a Greek word. The Greek word is apocalypsis. And there's one or more of those com combined words. Apo means away. And kalupsis comes from a root that means the veil. And so you know what revelation means? It means away the veil. Or we might say in, in our English, take the veil away. Well, you know what happens when we, we don't see God clearly because of economy, because of politics, because of health. There's a veil comes up because we don't see God clearly. But you know what the scripture tells us in 2 Corinthians 3.16? It says, but when he, you, I, turn to the Lord, the veil is taken away. He didn't need to know that I could see more clearly. And you know how you see more clearly? You can use a telescope, but it don't make it any closer. It just appears closer, right? The only way you can make it closer is to get closer. That's what God wants us to do because to get the veil away, God wants to take it away where we can see him in his fullness and he can see us in our perspective. It's not fear of God that held the Israelites away. It's not fear of God that holds you and I away from God. I honestly believe it's the fear of him seeing us as we are. Are you afraid to be seen completely? You know, that's proximity. That's the theory of relativity. How close can you get to God because he wants to see you clearly? And so I says, you know, well, I come to the altar and I, and I tell God I've sinned. And I can see God saying, no, really? It, it, as if God didn't know, you know. Isn't it, it amazing because Adam, didn't Adam hide after the sin? Where are you, Adam? He says, I was afraid. Was he afraid of God? No, he was afraid because he was naked. 
of what he thought, right? Can't slew Abel. Where's your brother? I don't know. God don't need to know these answers. He already knows. What happens is we're afraid to give the answer because we might think he thinks less of us. Can I tell you that God loves you just like you are? Can I tell you this unequivocal love? God says, this is the way it works. Hey, I want to come closer to you. He is close. The problem's not with God. It's with us. It's with us. Oh, question. How close would you like to get to the edge of a steep cliff? Hmm? Some people are kind of, you know, I don't mind. I, I'm not afraid of heights, but, I, you know, you get too close, you kind of get a tingling, right? How, 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 how close would you like to get to the path of a charging bear? I'm out. I don't know. Uh, well, how about how close would you got, like to get to the blade of a running chainsaw? That sounds fun, don't it? No. And so some things we want to stay away from. Those are the bad things. But how close would you like to get to your child? How close would you like to get to your spouse? You know, sometimes we want to get closer. Sometimes we want to get further away. It's according to how we perceive it, right? But I'd like to ask you this morning, how close would you like to get to God? You see, getting to God is an easy thing because he says all we've got to do is come to him and repent. And he's got some great instances for that. Everyone would like to get closer. And that's the reason I call this the theory of relativity. God is drawing us. You know why? Because we're created in his image and his likeness. He, we, we have his spirit inside of us. You know, we, I, I, I talk to a lot of science people and things like that, and they're talking about, you know, the, why do you need a God? And I says, what's the basis of life? What holds life in order on earth? And the word morality comes up. Well, morality, that's what keeps us halfway sane, right? And I said, do anybody know where morality comes from? It comes from God. You know why? Because we're created in his image and his likeness. So God is the answer. It's the drawing card for all of us. But, you know, if sin and self are strong and leading, we keep a distance from God. Is that revelatory? <laughs> If there's sin in your life, it's not like, hey, God, me and you tied, right? We don't, we don't do that because we, we, we feel like, oh, what is it? Because this is what Satan does. Satan says, oh, yeah, you did sin, didn't you? You remember that, Kurt? You did sin. And God hates sin. And that's correct. Huh? But then Satan does something for this proximity, this relativity. He says, you know, God ain't happy with you either. God hates sinners because they sin. And see... You know, what really flashes up right now is because I know Satan is a liar. He's a liar from the beginning. He's the father of lies. And so what I do know is that God does hate sin, but God loves sinners. He loved you so much he let his son die for you. And isn't that something because he says, I want that drawing power to be so strong that you won't have anything to stand between you and me. Some fact, but not all truth. How close do we need to get to God? I had a question for Lee this morning, and I wanted to ask, how close can you get to wet paint before you get it on you? He says 10 feet. <laughs> yeah, if I get even close to paint, I'm going to get it on me. But how, how close do you have to get to paint? You have to what? You got to touch it. You got to touch it. How close can you get to God without getting him on you? Oh, you can come to a church service, can't you? You can come to a Bible study, a grow group. You can read stuff. You can watch all this TV stuff. And you can get close. 
But folks, this isn't hand grenades and horseshoes, you know. <laughs> you know, hand grenades, horseshoe, you just get it close to the pin, you get a point. Hand grenade, you just throw one in the missile, I get all of you, you know. That's not the way Christianity is. Christianity comes by the touch. God wants to touch you where you are. But you've got to be able to reach out and touch him. That's the key because we don't want to when there's sin in our life. The Israelites feared God greatly because of the hardness of heart and because of sin and lack of knowledge. Guess what God did about that? God gave a sacrifice for our sin and gave his word for our knowledge so that we can come closer to him. Close really don't count. There's a story in Matthew 25, I believe it is. Um, it's talking about ten virgins. Y'all remember the, that parable of ten virgins? There were five wise and five foolish, right? There were five wise virgins, five foolish virgins. And, and you know, you kind of have to bear with me here because there was ten virgins, right? Let's, let's just say there were ten bricklayers. Can we do that? We won't do any harm because we're going to make the ten all the same, right? So there were ten bricklayers, or there were ten seamstresses, or there were ten bicycle riders, okay? Because ten of something, right? And five of them were wise, and five of them were foolish, right? What happens if we say there were ten Christians, and there were five wise and five foolish? Could we do that? I don't think it's doing any harm to the Scripture. Because what it's saying is, some of them had wisdom to bring more oil, which was the Holy Spirit, and some of them didn't. Well, the ones that did bring oil, the midnight cry, the, the, bride, the groom comes, they go into the wedding feast, right? Well, the other five had gone off to buy oil. They come back after the gates closed. They knock on the door. Let us in, let us in. Do you remember what the response was? Depart from me because I never, what? Knew you. Well, he did know them because they were in the bridal party. But what the word knew there, ganasco in the Greek, it helps you to know what really is saying. He says, I never had intimacy with you. I have intimacy with those that have my spirit. And see, that's what God is wanting. He don't want you to be close. He don't want you to be around. He don't want you to be about. He wants you to be in. And the only way you can be in is touching. So God wants us to get past this ideal that close is good enough. King David said, Psalm 73, 28, but it's good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. It would do us all well to know that we can approach God in his holiness. He's made the way. He won't kill you. He will embrace you. You know, that's the neat thing about it. We've been lied to because we think God's got that bat and he's going to really kill you. God's going to get you for that. Every time I drive up I-65 coming north toward Clear or somewhere up there, it's got a sign that says, go to church or the devil will get you, you know. <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. Draw near to God. The devil has no power when you're in Christ. Come on, that's what God said, okay? All right, so Israel refused to draw close to God simply because they would not cleanse themselves or purify their hearts. Many perished in the desert. They could not see that God had come for them. Uh, <laughs> Some people have taken the stand that God's hiding from you. And you have to seek hard. And somebody help me with this because we just had Easter, but it's been years ago. You know, when you have kids and you hide Easter eggs, do you realize you don't hide the, kid, the, hide the eggs from the kids? You hide the eggs for the kids, right? And that way you can put lizards or you know, stuff inside them, you know, for them to open. Ah! No, no, but you hide the eggs where they can find them. And that's what God is. God's not hiding from us. He's hiding for us. 
You know where he's at? He's got in a place called a secret place. Anybody been to God's secret place? You know what it is, don't you? Some of you have been there. And you know the neat thing about it? Some of you have been there, and if you've been in the secret place, you're not really satisfied with standing outside anymore, are you? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, my goodness. And that's what God wants us to do is get closer, get closer. Listen to this in James. Be ye patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draws near. I like that coming of the Lord because we talk about sometimes we talk about the second coming and it's a reality. In the Greek, you won't find second coming, but you'll find a Greek word called parousia, P-A-R-A-O-U-S-I-A. And parousia is another one of those double words, but para means beside, right? Paramedic, parachute, paratrooper, you know, para means beside. But uh, rousia means being or usia means being. So parousia says God wants to be with you. Well, you know where God is right now in my heart? You know where Jesus is? He's in me, right? But there's coming a time when he wants to be with us, with us. And it comes more from being a mental thing to actually a physical experience. God wants to be with you. And you can only experience that by touching him, by drawing into his presence. Or will we say, ah, it's close enough. That's close. That's good enough. That was a good sermon, Pastor Rick. That was a great, great uh, uh, grow group uh, t- uh, message we got. Yeah, that was, but that's close enough. I said, no, that's not what God wants. That's what happened to the Israelites. God don't want it to happen to us. We can pro- pro- proclaim today that in his presence is fullness of joy. Isn't that what Nehemiah said? So you don't really know. You know when you're close to God. But you also know when you're not close to God. It, it, would anybody have an argument with that? Anybody here knows that I'm not really close to God because I, I, t- I don't read my Bible, I don't pray, and I, you know, I don't have a relationship, I don't have a fellowship with it. But God said, come closer. You know when you're close and you know when you're not close. So why don't we use that as a check to get closer to God? You know, it isn't so much a fear of God. It's a fear of inspection by God. And that's what we were talking about earlier. It's like, man, if God found out I did that or if God found out I thought that, man, God knows. But he still loves you. And, you know, God has wanted to draw you closer. The strongest gravitational pull in, in anywhere in the universe is God. He's drawing us to him. And that's what he wants you to know. Don't, don't try to pull away. It's been said before that God doesn't want, per- God wants perfection, but not like we understand perfection. He wants completion. He wants maturity. Uh, my grandson, Logan, he's 20 now. And uh, when he was five, if he asked me for five gallons of gas, <laughs> no, no. What are you going to give a five-year-old gas for? You don't do that. Well, the thing is, he was a complete five-year-old, right? He was as mature as they were, five, a mature five-year-old. But he wasn't ready for gas, was he? But when he's 20 years old, he says, hey, he calls me Goo Daddy. It's crazy. But he's a Goo Daddy. Can, can I have five gallons of gas? I said, sure, 30 bucks. You know, you know. <laughs> I don't know if that'll cover it now. But the thing is, the idea behind it is he's mature now. I wouldn't have any trouble. And what happens in our lives, we need to mature to the point where we're saying, I don't know if I believe all that when you say, I know whom I believe. I know that God is my Savior. God is my, my source and my strength. Some of you have experienced this. And you wouldn't have it any other way. But some of you haven't yet. And I'm wondering, what would it take? What's your position with God? Is it close enough or do you want closer? You know, the idea behind it is 
we get satisfied with close enough. When I was young, my dad was a mechanic, and he was just a do-everything guy, and he just amazed me. But uh, I got to where I want tools, and so I'd go to Sears Roebuck. We had a little store not far from the house over a little community called Inslee, and I'd go to Sears Roebuck, and they had this thing called Good, Better, and Best. Do you all remember Craftsman Tools? Uh, you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, so Good, Better. The Good Tool was like $7. The Better Tool was $10. But the best two was $20. I don't want to spend $20. I'm going to buy the good two. $7, right? I use the two that breaks. I go buy another two. And that's 14 now, right? The thing behind it is, what do you want? Do you want good? Do you want better? Do you want best? God don't want our leftovers. God wants us totally the way we are. He wants us to give ourselves completely to him. That's the way he wants us to work. Worship him in, in spirit and in truth, in fullness and honesty. And, you know, when you start doing that, you know, somebody says, well, does God speak to you? And my question is, you mean God don't speak to you? Yes, he does. God speaks in so many different ways through friends, people, circumstances. Let him speak through his spirit to draw you closer. That's his whole goal. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.